Welcome to the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise podcast with global sales trainer and professional speaker, Lois Kofi. Each week, it is her goal to share inspiration and education for you to be, do, have the best health and wealth and wisdom for your life. All right, all right, everyone. Well, hello and welcome back for another episode of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. And today is September 30th, the time of this recording. And I'm so grateful uh, to have my friend Rosie here today. We're going to be we're going to be talking about grief and how it's a heart issue, not a head issue. And it, it really summarizes the whole month of September has been about suicide awareness and mental health awareness. And we're super excited to have you guys here today. And we're going to be um, going about the next 30 minutes just talking with Rosie about how she helps people and really um, I'm going to first of all share my testimonial and then I'll, I'll introduce Rosie and we'll open it up for questions um, later too. If you have any questions, you can just comment below. Um, definitely looking forward to hearing what you can learn from Rosie today. So earlier this year, um, you know, we all had this pandemic, right? Um, a lot of people have experienced loss and grieving. And so whether you lost a job, whether you maybe lost a family member, I, I had two family members pass away, not, not COVID related, but still unexpected sudden change is also something that can be hard and can cause grief and challenges. And so today I wanted to bring Rosie on because she does work as an advanced grief therapist. She's helped me better understand how to work through and recover from grief. Before meeting Rosie, I didn't think recovery from grief was a thing. I thought it was just something that you stacked on layer upon layer upon layer upon layer, and you just sucked it up, buttercup, right? You just keep taking those hits and you keep going because that's what a lot of us had modeled to us growing up. And I will say for my own testimonial, um, because I met Rosie and I worked with her for a whole summer, it's made me a better business owner. Um, it has, I believe, increased, indirectly increased my income because I, I released a lot of pain. I released a lot of grief and it's making me more authentic. And I'm not done yet. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on my journey. So Rosie, thank you so much for persevering today for, for you know, not allowing technology to stop us. And I'm super excited for you to share your story and how, how did you become an advanced grief therapist? That's just, I mean, did you say that you wanted to be that when you grew up, when you were a kid? Well, no, not actually. I ran a lot from grief. My family didn't know how to deal with grief to begin with. Um, that's probably one of the things. I think for some people, we get into our passions. We don't even know it's our passions directly. We um, end up doing other things and it kind of through our own experience, our own personal experience, we end up in things that we had no idea we were going to end up wanting to do, liking to do, and having a passion for it. Mm -hmm. And so I am a grief specialist. Um, I am, I work with clients, how I started this whole process, and that's a question you asked to begin with, was um, I was working in addiction. I was working in as addiction counselor, and I thought that that's what I was going to do the rest of my life, doing that. I loved it. I fell in even to that. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I kind of went into school 
as a little smart aleck, just trying to, you know, do the easier, softer way, just get some credits, um, meet a guy, you know, all the wrong reasons, right, to go to school, right, was just to take care of me in life, and the career was not it. My friend wanted to meet the guy, she got the guy, I got the career. So um, we ended up going in and I ended up finding this certification program and I found working in a hospital, which I hated hospitals. And here I am in this hospital on a unit with, with people that were recovering from addiction. And I loved it. I fell in love with that process and I fell in love with that career. So spin forward 20 years later, and even during that time when we would do groups and educations, we were really on relapse prevention mode during that time. And it was the big thing was anger. So I went in and I did groups on anger and self-esteem. But when I was in that process of doing it, I realized there was a lot of pain and loss with people in treatment. And I would, I recognized that from the beginning on. And I would say something to my supervisors. We are really need to work on loss. It's not about anger. There's about a lot of loss. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that inner child work, all that, but really we need to do anger match. That's the why they're relapsing because of their anger. And I really saw it underneath. It was about loss. So spin forward 20 years later, I'm over, I move out to Temecula and I find uh, a treatment center and I started to do, they wanted me to do a lecture on self-esteem and grief. And I, you know, my story is a lot about self-esteem to begin with and developing and identifying and coming out of such a low self-esteem that I was felt real comfortable with that, but I didn't feel comfortable with grief. See, my dad had died 14 years before that and I'd stuffed all that. I thought I dealt with grief. I went to the traditional therapy with grief, but I hadn't really dealt with the whole grief. So I avoided topics like that. So I was like, everybody else do it but me. Oh, no, no, we want you to present this one. So next thing I know, this, the owner of the treatment center heard me and said, you're perfect for this, as I'm sobbing through the whole thing. And I felt like just humility, you know, like I, hum like I can't be up here sobbing, you know, but everybody was sobbing with me, the audience, everything. And he said, no, no, that's really authentic. And I didn't want to be th that authentic, that raw. And he said, that's what we need. And so he ended up a year later starting a day program in this treatment center. And he said, I want you to develop a grief and loss, you know, like an hour, two hour program um, on a Wednesday. And I said, okay. And I thought, well, I'll just keep it all head. And that's why we talked it's a heart issue. I thought we could just keep it all heady and I would be there to process their feelings, but I could stay in my head through this process. And I developed this education and it was going real well. Next thing you know, I'm thinking, no, we need three hours to do this. It's just not enough time. So he gave me the three hour period to work with these clients. And my I fast, you know, also I wanted to tell you backtrack. I moved my mom with us and we moved out here to Temecula to have a better community for my kids and to have a place to where my mom could live with us. We could own a bigger house to support all that out here versus Orange County. And so my mom was starting to get, you know, um, as elderly and as sick and as, you know, feeble as she was getting, I was watching her progressively going downhill. And so here I am doing this grief and loss and she gets sick. We almost lose her once already. And I'm trying to just keep afloat, keep that professionalism, do the grief and loss, but go home. And I had all the stuff at home that I was dealing with 
but I was doing that Academy Award recovery that we talk about in my grief program. I was acting like everything's okay and I'm a professional and I can separate my home and my work, right? As people pour in their hearts to me, I'm stuffing mine. And so then my mom dies. He gets diagnosed with cancer at a just a root of uh, emergency room trip. From that day, 13 days later, she dies. Wow. And she had cancer. They said it was colon or ovarian. So nine months later, I'm still running with my little high heels, going to work and doing the educations and thinking I'm well, because I took two weeks off instead of one week off from my dad. I took two weeks off work. I think I should be okay. I go back to work for nine months, acting okay, recovered, everything else. And everybody was saying to me, yes, you know how to do this. We know, we're not worried about you. You're strong, you know, you got it. And so I would play the part and go home and drive home feeling like I'm falling apart. I had no idea that when you're in grief like that, it affects your self-esteem, it affects your livelihood, it affects your business. You know, it affects everything. Hmm. If you are not mentally well, you can affect your whole body and your whole life. And, and, and your emotions are connected to that, all that. And so here I was running around doing this. And um, I ended up nine months later. And that's what I always say. A lot of times I will see people nine months after the death or the loss. Not right away. Because don't you realize you're really busy during those nine months? taking care of funeral arrangements, wrapping your head around, if it's a divorce, just taking care of the divorce, wrapping your head around it, and your feelings don't catch up to you until you stop being busy. And see, that was my go-to. I was a workaholic and I was busy. And I didn't realize that because I got a lot from working in my field and I, you know, I could just pour into everybody else, but I wasn't taking care of myself. And so in the end, Nine months later, I crashed and burned. I went on a vacation and I was, you know, I, my husband talked me into it. I wasn't too thrilled about it. that. should have been my first sign. Like, why wouldn't I want to go on a cruise with my family and enjoy myself? And after we came out of that cruise, like five days later, I crashed and burned. I got into paranoia, panic attacks, anxiety, and I wouldn't leave my house. And I, I took off five months from work because I felt this incredible shame and I had all these feelings. I didn't know it was grief. I didn't know my anger, you know. For nine months, I did come home and I'd scream and yell at everybody else at home. And at, at work, I was like, happy, sunshine, lovely, wonderful Rosie. And nobody knew. Nobody knew I was living two lives. I didn't even know I was living two lives. So wow. the reason I, get, I got into this is that when I finally had to admit that I was having this grief, as a professional, I realized... I refer to a lot of professionals and professionals refer to me, but I did not feel safe to talk to a professional. I had belief systems that I was not supposed to feel this way. I was supposed to be able to handle it, maybe feel it, but not be able to be over it. All those mistaken beliefs that I, I should present like I'm well, that I should be well. And then people would say to me, oh yeah, you're strong. You know how to do this. And when I did say the little few times, like, I'm really struggling, they would say, oh, I'm worried about you. So what did I compute that? There's something wrong with me. Right. When grief is supposed to be natural, normal, unfortunately, people don't take it as a natural, normal thing. They, they end up 
what I call stuffing it and it becomes cumulative. I hadn't realized that I had never grieved my dad fully. I had never gave myself permission to grieve my childhood. I had relationships that had been gone, relationships that died, relationships that left, moves, all that was just move forward. See, society tells us how to obtain things. They don't teach us how to lose things. Mm. They, they tell you, you know, just, you know, deal with it, get over it, you know, grieve it. But nobody tells you how to do it, you know? And we're supposed to learn it from our families, right? And, and friends and society. But if society running what are we learning from if society isn't learning how to be compassionate and allow us to process i mean i hear people come to me and they say you know people think i should be over it. it's been two months like what you know your husband committed suicide and you should be over it it's you know two months um no but there's no time frame for law and then there's also people say well we got it what stage am i on well i don't believe in the stages anymore either the stage is cookie cutter, you know? We're, we're not cookie cutters, we're human beings. And so I needed to find somebody that could support me. And more than anything, I needed somebody to listen to me. You people say, well, I'll listen to you, but then they give me feedback, or then they tell me I shouldn't feel a certain way, or then they tell me to get a hobby, or then they tell me that, you know, uh, things are going to get better. Or, you know, your mom was 80 years old. You know, she's in a better place. Well, I know that in here, but my heart is grieving. I'm not in a better place because I want her here. I need to be grieving. Plus all the things that happen when you lose somebody. Sometimes you wonder, as a character, did I give her enough care? Why didn't I see the signs of the cancer? You know, and then I get whirling about that. And so I needed to be able to have those feelings to listen to, validate, have somebody hold space for it, mm. and then help me walk through the story in my head. Because see, it's the story we build about that relationship that may keep us stuck and grieving it. Because if you've got feelings of guilt, unresolved anger, unresolved loss, uh, betrayal, it's very hard to grieve the whole person. You don't even want to think about the good stuff. The good stuff brings up too much pain. So you push that aside. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just nodding my head because I, I was that stuffer. And, um, you know, I always, you know, we catch ourselves. So well, I'm just too busy, you know, self-care, taking care of grief. I never, ever realized it was a, it was a thing. So everything you're saying, I can totally relate to. And I'm sure our, our viewers can, can too. And what you said about, we're never taught how to lose things. I wrote that down because that's that's mind blowing. And in this year of COVID-19 pandemic 2020, um, there's been a lot of loss. So I'm glad you brought up, you know, divorce is a loss, job loss is a loss. Um, if you lose a friendship for whatever reason, not even, not death related, but you friendships end and they don't always end on a positive note, right? So you you have so many things of loss. Moving, you taught me that because I've moved across country multiple times. So we just moved. I have kids who are going through their own loss and grieving. And I can't believe that this was never really taught to us. Right, right. It's, it's astounding the things that we don't realize and we don't take the time, you know. So grief, you know, done like anything else, like when you feel joy, 
you feel joy like right then and there. It's intensified. It's wonderful. But you don't hear people telling you to stop feeling that joy because it's too long. You know, you should get over it. It's too much you're joyful because you, you're pregnant. You know, I, I don't think you should be happy anymore because it's, you know, you were pregnant. You got found out two months ago. Why are you still feeling joy now? Maybe you should get some medication about that. You don't hear people saying that. But with grief, and I know what it is, we're uncomfortable because we're not taught how be there for people in that space. It's nobody's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's it's society as a whole. This is not taught to be comfortable in somebody's face of loss and grief, you know, let alone our own. Yeah, I, I remember in that book, that's actually how you and I connected as well. You first, before I hired you, said check out the grief therapy handbook. And I'll, I'll, I'll share that in the show notes so people can go check it out. But that was a powerful, powerful book. Is that how you got certified or how did you, you know, t- tell us more about that? There's a couple places that I'm certified, but this one was in particular that I used that you're talking about. So we'll talk about that one. That one's really a lot that I'm using um, in the last, probably since 2007, I've been using, actually 2013. Uh, I was introduced to it in about 2008, and I started to take some of those concepts, but then I really went into certification and started doing the whole program. And um, what I found is, is that it is so much about, that's why, you know, it talks about all losses. So it's not just about death, and it's not about divorce. It's about all losses. It's about, like, moving. You know, there are kids today that are moving, like, 10 times, you know, in their childhood. And nobody's really addressed that with those kids. And so, and the kids are just told it's just part of the, that's what we do, we move, you know? Right. She said with military, you know? And it's not anybody's fault, but pe- kids can be resilient if you process their feelings with them, right? And well, how to be resilient. But if, you know, if we don't talk about it, it's a secret, it's a thing we don't talk, we just kind of have to figure out ourselves. That's when we feel very insecure, unstable, untrusting, you know? It's just like anything else. You take anything from anybody, you start, you know, like you know there's something nobody's talking about. Don't you feel uneasy, you know? Well, you, you reminded me of something. Since most of my audience is salespeople, business owners, entrepreneurs, I teach a lot about how to take the fear out of selling. And ironically, I didn't put two and two together until I started working with you. I had a lot of loss as a kid. My mom left major, major trauma, major loss. So I had a fear of abandonment and a fear of rejection. So when I got into sales, hello, someone would say no to me. And I, oh man, it, I took it so personal and it could take me days to recover from that. And I see a lot of salespeople who struggle with that. They struggle with call reluctance. They struggle with having sales conversations because we make it all about ourselves when there's pain and trauma and unresolved grief. Because it's almost like we're, we're afraid to have an authentic conversation because we put on that Academy Award winning I'm sales lady or super sales guy. And, and, and then that's where the used car salesman effect, I believe comes the pushy salesman effect. It all comes from unresolved grief, trauma, and inauthenticity. Would you say that that's probably pretty accurate? Yeah. 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 Because it's, you know, and, and it's, there's so much stuff about that of being just being authentic. 
that you know we, we shy from you know because what will people think you know we have to be a certain ideal and we run around with that and it's killing us it's killing us it was in the humbleness when i finally broke down and admitted everything i couldn't run anymore it was in the humility and humbleness that i got the healing finally that I got the feeling. And you know what? I ended up being better at my business, at my work than I ever was. It was like, I remember the first time I went back on the podium and I shared from that humility space and then did my lecture. I had a standing ovation. I still remember that. And they're like, you're back. I said, I'm back and I'm better than back, you know? And so that's why I, what I want for people is to give 110%. You know, this is our only rodeo. We don't have another one. And if we're, if I'm going to carry, which I did for years of my past, and not deal with it, then I've shortchanged myself. Mm -hmm. You have to shortchange yourself in life. It's not even shortchanging yourself. And I know you were on my workshop last week, Saturday, and I started crying, you know, because... I see how many people are feeling hopeless right now and they aren't allowing themselves to play at a big level. And I, I, I'm not even talking about work hard, play hard, or, you know, it's hitting your financial goals. None of that. It's about your authentic self. When you rise and shine your light, it, it, that ripple effect, the, the butterfly effect, you can feel it across the world. Like for real, this is science. This is truth. When we hide because we're scared or, traumatized or we just can't have the best relationships the best anything so um what you do is is so powerful so powerful and i remember in reading that book i didn't realize it was like holding up a mirror how many knee-jerk reactions i was programmed to say to people when someone else died or when someone had a divorce is like oh you'll find a better one or yeah, they're in a better place, all of those things. And when I was on the receiving end of them, I was like, shut up, <laughs> you know, you don't know how I feel. And, and so I wish there was a way that, that you could actually teach courses and you probably do. We'll, we'll, I'll have you share at the end how people can get in touch with you. And she has an amazing, generous offer um, for all of our guests today. Um, it's first come first serve. So I'm just going to throw that out there right away. Um, but how do you how do you help someone discover that they need to start or deserve to start is there any advice that you have i mean i know for me it was just like destiny fate i met you like right after my brother died right and it was just like i knew i knew i hadn't grieved most of the things in my life let alone that and it was just like perfect timing but what if what if people don't know where to start so it's the old adjunct that we really don't search out things unless something's not working, right? Something in our life. And so a lot of times I will have people and I offer this 15, 30 minute free consultation of just having a conversation with me. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's even longer, you know, because I love what I do. And if I can help somebody even get to an avenue, may not be me, maybe somebody else. And I've got some of the resources, but at least we can navigate together because my heart center is that what happened for me was not just missing all that time with my mother, all that time of unresolved loss of my dad, that I didn't really realize that it, it, it brought me not being present with my mom even, but with my kids. 
I ran from my other losses that I wasn't even present for my kid. So we affect our children if we don't deal with our stuff. And I'd love to have more conversations about how that happens so people can see that. Because the kids and today are our kids of our future. And so, um, unfortunately, you have tons of kids right now in therapy and in um, all kinds of because of what has happened, the mirrors, the, the mentors, their families from running from our own losses. And I can say that more some other time. But what I do, but the question you ask is, how do people come and find out? We have this conversation. And so like, sometimes people call me and say, you know, I don't know if this is grief. I don't know what it is, but somebody told me to call you and talk to you about this. And I said, okay. So we go and we have these conversations on, on Facebook right now <laughs> that's happened I had it off and then it came back on okay so so basically what I tell people in my thing is is that let's have this conversation on what's going on with with your life what's not working you know what do we see that's not working in our lives and sometimes people will say well you know I don't know if if this is grief but you know um, my business I can't seem to get my mojo back mm. so delve a little deeper on what's going on or what's happened in their life during this process of their business. Or let's say my kids, I'm going through a divorce and my kid is acting, I'm acting out, I'm ready to ship him off to his dad. It's a thankless job. Okay, let's talk about what's going on there. Yeah. We start to unpeel and find out. And ironically, what we find out is there's some unresolved loss that is tapped in, it's getting triggered, and is keeping them in the story in their head and it's keeping them to move forward and be in the present with these situations. And they're bringing the past into it that is sabotaging their life today in those areas. And we don't see that until we have conversations. That's why I would never recommend somebody just getting the book or whatever and trying to do it by themselves. Because, uh, you know, we say in treatment, and, and no, no disrespect, but they say a sick mind can't help a sick mind. But yeah. that's when you're... When you're, when you're riddled with, riddled with grief or unresolved anger or loss, you can't help this with reading the book, you know, because we get in our head. And this is a heart issue. It's like the book says you cannot help somebody paint a house with a hammer. So we're using the wrong tool if we start intellectualizing our heart. So true. Oh my gosh. So, so true. Because I can see going through the therapy when I found you and understanding you know, some of my anxiety, depression through my journey all stemmed back to unresolved grief. And I, I, before finding you, I would talk to friends, you know, a lot of personal development, like, oh, that dopamine hit of just, you know, even, even listening to, you know, audiobooks and all that kind of stuff. But I hear, I'm here to tell you guys, personal development, is not grief therapy. You can listen to all the books you want. I see it time and time again, Rosie, where people are just so, so like, I'll just read another book. I'll just spend money on another class. I'll just hire another coach. And I, I've seen it. And I, I, that's why I love having you in my tool belt now. Cause I'll be like, you know what? I don't know if I can really help you yet until you resolve resolve this because a lot of times even when I was in real estate I felt like I was a therapist I saw you know husbands and wives going through emotional things financial investments all of those things are big deals but now I'm like 
oh my gosh, you know, what was their grief? What was their story? What was really holding them back? And you helped me, and I've, people have heard this story before, by going through that process with you, I started in early June, and guess what? I launched my podcast in July, and I was terrified, right? Because a lot of my grief uh, manifesting even an autoimmune disease, because as a little kid, I was like, you know, you don't have a voice. And, and it, it wasn't anybody's fault. Like you said, it wasn't anybody's fault, but I didn't feel like anyone heard me. So when someone said earlier in my adult life, you know, why should you be a speaker? You know, who's going to listen to you? It like triggered that earlier trauma in my life. And I was bawling like a baby the week before I launched my podcast because I was like oh my god am I really doing this and then once I got through that that benchmark and launched it it was like I was a butterfly coming out of the cocoon and again I attribute it to the process that I started with you and in would you say relieving yourself of that grief that's kind of holding you down or holding you hostage like I like to call it is that what allows, like, and I know I'm far from done, right? I'm going to probably have you on retainer for as long as you and I both shall live. But, like, that starts allowing you to do more, be more, have more, right? Right. So when you think about it, if you can see the picture behind, is that there is a woman that has all the stones, right? That's all her unresolved loss. Very heavy. Very heavy. How can you actually go out and do something, have motivation, have that self-esteem, that knowledge, that, you know, zest to get out there and do a, a business, a podcast or any of that. If you're carrying extra baggage, we really don't realize how much it is in our backs and our bodies to grief. There's so many books now out about how the body knows. It's so true. And that's where a lot of illnesses happen. And so, you know, if you don't break open those stones and, and get rid of them by doing this work, you are going to be, it pushes you down. You don't have the freedom and the, I call it the sunlight of the spirit or anything to be created. This picture was painted by somebody that went through a grief process and didn't realize she was a painter. She started painting. She's never going formally to paint. Her brother was not her. And she has opened up so much creativity walking through and processing grief, you know? So when we talk about this is, you know, some people do therapy and I, and I know that, you know, we talk about this as therapy, but it's this actually program is not therapy, but it feels like it. I know that because of such awareness, involvement, is really support and education. You do the work and it's not me analyzing you and picking your brain and saying, this is what's wrong with you, whatever. It's about you discovering. A lot of times people will be afraid. Well, what are you going to pull out of me? Or what I don't, you know, what you're going to, you know, do. No, no, no. This is stuff that's already been in there for you. This is stuff that's been sometimes even in the forefront, but you're afraid to talk about it, you know? Oh, my gosh. Well, you made me think of two examples, and I, I can't believe it. We've already gone um over 30 minutes so i could talk to you probably for hours and i'm sure i will have you back for a, a second round but you talked about grief impacting your body and uh, i know that we're heading into breast cancer awareness month a lot of times you know that's right and i i know that this might be controversial but a lot of times dis-ease is manifested because of those unresolved matters of the heart and it's been it's been proven that 
cancers and especially breast cancer, right, has manifested because of unresolved grief. My, my mother had breast cancer and we think it's either colon or ovarian cancer and had a brain tumor. We're not sure about all that, but we know about the cancer. And I believe with phenomenon of stuff in her grief, you know, and I've researched more women than I know, a lot of unresolved stuff. Anger and for like together, right? And so, um, you know, not to say that there isn't some genetic stuff going on, not to say that, but I know that our body is a host of cancer cells, right? And it gets triggered by the stress that we put on our bodies, by our food, by our environment, all that. What if the doctors say when you come in with cancer diagnosis, they need to do all the things? No stress, be fine, talk about your feelings, go to support, all the things you were supposed to do before the fact. Right. It's always, yeah, those turning points. I mean, I even had that. I needed to be, you know, un picked on my ass, pardon the expression, to have a wake-up call. And I was sick for five years and been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And I do know, like, congestive heart failure runs in my family, and I told you that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so maybe maybe I'm breaking a generational curse here by, by being open and sharing my grief and, yeah. and talking about it openly with my children and, and, and crying in front of them. I've cried so much in front of them. I think they're like, they're used to it now, but before it was like, mom, mom, you're always so strong. You're always so tough, badass, you know, all of the things that I thought I had to be, because like you said, never let them see you sweat, no pain, no gain. I was an athlete. I mean, I, I did, all of the things and and it's just it's just crazy how uh healthy and wealthy and wise is really meant to help people understand that business and sales it all comes from within and finding finding your truth now i want to i want to give you your time and space you said you had a testimonial you wanted to share uh of a client and i think guys listen to this really intensely because it's powerful and I really want you to be able to to get that, and then uh, we'll finish out with my closing question after you're done with that, Rosie, if that sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, this is a woman I worked in January 2020. It was at the end of January 2020. I believe that I finally stepped into grief therapy with Rosie Fox. I know this because a young man I hold near and dear died the evening of 1-17-2020. I received his voice, and I remembered when his voice was no more. I remember the call from his cousin. I was at work, a voicemail. You need to call me as soon as you get this message, please. My heart stopped with the news that he overdosed. I spent the weekend in AA meetings. I cried there, I yelled there, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't have done something. I could have said something. Why did he do this? These are the course, the thoughts that went through my mind and I let them pour onto the floor of AA meeting halls. People listened, people cared, people were moved. And though some said all the usual things people say to a person grieving, a few said, maybe it's time to see Rosie. If I'm being honest, I can say that I've known Rosie. I've needed to Rosie's grief program for a long time before this moment. I admit that my life is ultimately defined by losses that I thought I'd already dealt with. But this loss, for whatever reason, pumped the brakes on me. I fell in my mind, my heart and body that there was no space to run. I went to Rosie thinking I was going to process through the loss of a young man I mentioned earlier. Instead, I discovered through a lost timeline that the loss needing immediate attention was that of my mother. Here's the thing. My mother is alive and well, but our relationship was not. It was a strained relationship, strained since I was 13 years old, if not earlier then. I left it that way and I intended to settle for civil. I'm 38 years old now. Clearly, it was a subject that I, by choice, put to bed. 
never really intending to touch on. Thought I could live in full despite this, full life in spite this. Rosie Fox helped me look at incomplete relationships and the less than loved one in my life. And as it turns out, though I had had a lot of good things happen and have mended some wounds in my recovery as an addict and alcoholic, the one thing that I chose choose to run from, I chose to run from is the one thing that may have stood in the way of my living the best life, open wounds regarding my mother. The brief program with Rosie seemed to become a metaphorical contract with myself to at least put my best foot forward. I have no idea where this whole thing with Rosie was going, especially upon agreeing to work first on the grief over my mom. We finished at the end of March, 2020. I had not missed a session. It was an emotional roller coaster of doing assignments talking things out, sometimes redoing assignments because I had honestly overthought or held back on something, crying, reflecting, etc. And scroll forward to July 2nd, 2020. Between the end of March to July, things started shifting in a new direction. There's no explanation for all this, but that by God and by the willingness to grieve more thoroughly, things have opened up for me. A new career is in the works. And while waiting the words, you've been hired, I took my mother on our first, first trip together ever. July 2nd through July 5th, a four-day family with Episcopal County. Where I was born, she says, I courageously and spontaneously took my mother on a trip to revisit the roots of where life and my father began. Parentheses, my father passed away when I was 13. He and I were very close. My mother and I went everywhere. We talked this trip. Well, I let her talk because honestly, my whole life, I was one talking, talking at her or otherwise avoiding her, never really talking with. She shared, she shared memories of her and my dad and the home they built together. We took photos, we hugged and I took, told her I loved her. To say, oh, this is unreal. I never envisioned it happening. I was busier wondering and planning how to get away from my mother. Because of this first real try at working Rosie's grief program, because I had nowhere left to go but run towards something that I thought I could, in fact, live fine without, I got to have this really beautiful, meaningful moment in time with my mother. And though I know there's still much work to do, I got this weird, intense feeling that I, feel I keep uncovering incomplete relationships. And if I keep learning into grief healing, then even more real cool moments and opportunities are to come for me. I guess I never really did have a clue on just how much the better life could be. I'd fantasize about it, but never thought about how not working though through grief would stand in the way of what I really wanted. So that was the long version of being able to say good, thank you, Rosie. Thank you for offering me and continue to offer me because I'm coming back for the next beat down. Aha. <laughs> to really weave through some things in my life that I really thought I had already made sense of. I thought I knew what grief was, and at least I thought I knew what it meant to me. Turns out I know nothing at all, and that's actually a free thing. I'll be seeing you soon because I really like this feeling of doors opening, like you had said they would. You were right about me all along. Wow. Beautiful. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. That's why I do this. That is why I do this. Because I love that result. I love that result. When we die, when we're on our deathbed, we don't care how many cars and what we got. We care what we, what we, what we matter. We have our relationship. You know? Yeah. 100%. That's
Well, that's what business is. I mean, is relationships, right? You and I met through BNI, and it's all about long-term, meaningful, deep relationships. And when you're true to yourself, and you can release the baggage, the the stuff, and move forward, that just that lights the world on fire. Yeah. So I'm really honored to have worked with you and continuing to work with you on my own journey. You know, being transparent, I know I can always be better. And a lot of it is that that heart stuff that I haven't I haven't released yet. I just I am and let me tell you I was honored to that you opened your heart to me. I am just and I thank you for this opportunity to share on your podcast. But more than anything, I thank you for our relationship. Love you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Try not to cry here, although I know that's that's all that's allowed. <laughs> it is. It is. So before we wrap it up, and I appreciate you spending some extra time with me today, um, what, how can people find you? And I, I will put all of this in the, the iTunes show notes, and I'll, I'll comment below on Facebook. But where can people find you? And tell them about your free offer before I ask you the last question. Okay, so I'm offering, you know, a package of um, two-hour sessions, you know, two individual sessions for two people. So that means, you know, one each person will get two hours of um, a session with me to kind of uncover, discover, and recover, basically trying to see what is it that, you know, they're needing. If they're needing my programs, any of them, maybe not necessarily grief, there might be the other ones, or they're needing another uh, kind of work, and we'll, we'll figure that out. But that's kind of, that's what I'm offering, because more in my heart is people where they need to be, you know, whether it's me or somebody else, they need to get to their that place. Awesome. So, so again, two people and the first two people at the time of this live recording, or if it happens to be when it comes into iTunes and it'll show up in iTunes sometime this weekend, guys. So if you're tuning in live or you're seeing this on the, the replay, um, how do they reach you? And I'll, I'll share your email address. Is that how they reach you to catch in on the, the offer? Yes. Have me email me. Okay. I'll share your email address with everyone. And of course, my final question that I ask of all of my guests, because I love hearing different people's perspective in this world of I'm right, you're wrong, none of that BS matters to me. I, I love learning from others. So when you hear the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise, Rosie, what does that mean to you? Okay, so healthy means that, you know, not just you're healthy in your body, but it's in your mind, body, and spirit, you know? It's how we... Um, you know, we clear the gunk out, right? You know, and in order to be healthy, we have to uh, be wise, right? And wise is being discerning. So to get clarity is key. Because I can't make good decisions if I'm not clear. I can't, um, I need, there's so many avenues of getting clarity. But more than anything is like what I'm teaching is getting rid of the old belief system so we can be clear to make good decisions. So when I think of it, I think of so many things. It's just not about, um, you know, what we eat, because that's a big factor, but how we take care of ourselves physically, how we take care of ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And, um, you know, you can't be wise if you're not taking care of those things, you know, those are going to interfere. They just seem to, no matter what you do, they're going to interfere in your life. Yeah. And in order to be wise, you have to have, you know, some clarity. Yeah. And what, 
again, what she shares, guys, is so, so powerful. Um, so I'll put in the comments um, how you can reach her and take advantage of, of what she has to offer. Just even if you miss out on the first two free offers, she's definitely a great one to, to talk to and just see if, if you know someone grieving, if you know someone hurting right now, especially if they've, they've been through addiction or suicidal attempts or anything like that, a lot of it is it's all grief born. I truly believe that. So thank you so much for being my final guest for Suicide Awareness Month and Prevention. And until next time, guys, uh, we will be back here on Friday. I'm kicking off October um, with a lot of major influencers in the world of business. So Friday, we're going to be talking about LinkedIn with Carol Kemmerer, who's a, a internationally known branding expert who is going to share with you how LinkedIn is the best promotion or best investment that you didn't have to pay for in marketing and promoting yourself. So until next time, guys, here's your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at Lois at LoisKofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.